Welcome in to Paydirt Sports. Paydirt Sports, part of the Six Pack Coverage Network. We're going to have a full show today. Got a lot of guests. We're going to kick it off here. Uh, Ryan Shumpert of Rocky Top Insider. Just got in, right? Just got in back yeah. uh, back to Knoxville. Fresh off the jet. Fresh, Fresh off the jet. jet. Fresh off the SEC jet. Champ. Ryan they, uh, Shumpert. Put, put that respect on his name. They, uh, the fl- My connecting flight was Charlotte to Knoxville, and it was the first time I'd ever had a flying where like, I got on the plane from outside like Rocky – uh, walking up the ramp and that's what I felt like I was like on a sports team like we I was returning home with a championship trophy or something <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. What, it felt like. what what was the crowd like because I know uh, they were talking uh, there was on Twitter all the all right this is when the buses are going to come in this is where they're going to be all that stuff when they got back in town yeah um, I mean was I, there a big crowd or I mean I wasn't there for it but just from seeing videos and pictures I mean it, it honestly looked a lot better than I expected given the fact that they were dropping them off at a dorm and it's spring break for UT right now and oh, it looked yeah. like there were a good bit of students there and a lot of adults too so it looked like they had a good crowd um and yeah it was uh, certainly a, a lot a lot to celebrate for Vol fans yesterday Yeah Shum go ahead and just tell us about kind of your so when did you get to Tampa I got to – well, actually, I stayed in Sarasota, uh, which is like an hour okay. from Tampa. I, I had yeah. family there, so had a had a place to oh, stay nice. for free. And got there Thursday, had a disastrous day of travel Thursday. I'll not – we'll, we'll, won't give you all the details, but basically flight delayed a couple hours and canceled. Mm-hmm. Had to drive to Nashville to fly to Sarasota that, that night because plane tickets were just so expensive uh, trying to get there before the game for Knoxville. So – Got down there late Thursday night, uh, headed over to the arena on Friday to got there, I guess, in the second half of, uh, I guess, the game before Tennessee. I'm going blank on it now. I was singing that Arkansas A&M game, but that was on Saturday. Was, so it wouldn't, Kentucky, have, wouldn't have been that. Kentucky Vandy? Yeah, they were at, they were after it. It was the uh, – no, I didn't even get there for the second half. It was the Arkansas game played before, but they cleared, they'd cleared everybody out before that. Um, so – Got down there and covered all three games, was was making a decent little commute from Sarasota to Tampa. But uh, awesome crowds, uh, especially when Big Blue Nation was down there Saturday and Friday. And got to watch a, a lot of good ball besides Tennessee, too. And, man, I'll tell you what, <laughs> the SEC was very happy that Kentucky got by Vanderbilt in that game because I don't think there were <laughs> – combined more than 300 Texas A&M and Vanderbilt fans there. So yeah. if it was if it was left only on – I mean, in Tennessee and Arkansas both had a, a good contingent of fans there, but not enough to come close to filling up the arena. They needed Kentucky and obviously Florida and Auburn, I think, were probably the two other fan bases that had a lot of people there getting bounced. And it was super fun weekend. Uh, got to see Wes, Will's brother, a, a couple times. And oh, there we take go. A picture with him. Yeah, take a picture with him on Sunday after the win. And, yeah, that was, I mean, super cool. It was my first time sitting – courtside covering again courtside because sec tournament the first one i was going to cover two years ago covid canceled it 45 minutes before tennessee was going to play then last year with covid they didn't have it the memphis game this year was our seats were courtside you know being at the hockey arena that's typically how it works that game gets canceled 45 minutes before due to covid so that was cool and then obviously just being on the court for all the celebration post game it was pretty surreal experience that's you awesome. Get to cut, so you cut down some nets. <laughs> I want to grab some scissors. I'm going to be honest. I'm going to be like, all right, you, I'm here. I'm on the court. Give me some. Like, hey. My, that was, I thought the funniest thing was Tennessee, the Don DePlowman, Tennessee's chancellor, was cut, cut down a piece of the net. And it was just like the most hilarious, hilarious visual ever of her climbing up, yeah. up the ladder to do it. 
She's had some some funny moments recently. Uh, I know some of my uh, fraternity brothers back at uh, back in Knoxville uh, had a game with Donna Plowman, and she was down in the student section taking pictures with everybody. And she's uh, so she's about as involved uh, as could be in, in the athletics program. And I mean, I was a little bit down on Donna Plowman in the beginning, but man, I'm uh, I'm stock is rising for her. I'm a, I'm a big fan of the chancellor. So I feel like, yeah, I feel like I, I hear not, mixed reviews. I don't yeah, know. I'm not smart enough of a person to really <laughs> to critique her on her job too much, yeah. but I, I, she does care about sports, which is obviously not. Yeah. Always yeah. But I know the sports that. teams are winning. So like she's yeah, doing a good job in my show. book. She was, she was at a ton of the baseball games last year, like in the regular season, most of those weekend series, she was there for one or two games. So, and it was cool just that she obviously, uh, and she's had a ton of the men's games and a ton of lady balls games too. So she definitely invests in the sports. And like you said, Seth, that's, that's the only part of it that I can, I can really analyze yeah. is how, yeah. how committed she is to that. And she, she definitely is. Yeah. So from that standpoint, um, I'm all in with plowman. Definitely. <laughs> I'm all in. I'm, I'm, well, yeah, I'm so, 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 so Shum, before, uh, before I kick it over to Trucial, so you, what, what will your coverage look like as far as, I mean, the, the whole NCAA tournament, like what will you be doing for that? Yeah. So I'll, I'll be following the team. Uh, so I'll be in Indy this weekend, uh, myself and Rick Butler, who also works at Rocky top insider. And basically like a game coverage for me is typically live tweeting the game. And then I do a three quick takeaways article that I, I write during the game and try to have that out as quickly as possible after the game and then press conferences after that. And then typically write you know, something specific, not like a, a gamer that's detailing exactly what happened, but some sort of storyline from the game. And then if anything else pops up, like Kennedy Chandler obviously got injured Friday night and yeah. came back in and played. So I, I wrote Warrior. about what Barnes said about that after the game. So uh, occasionally a few more things, but uh, typically two, two articles or so in, in some press conferences. Yeah. So getting some real insider info. Ball's, uh, ball's going to travel pretty big to Indy, I would bet. Especially yeah, I, I think so yeah. too. It, the one thing that worries me, not Kentucky's obviously not in their actual oh, practice, but right. also Kentucky's in the, Kentucky's in also in Indy, so that's dude, that kind of sucks. Yeah, it's going to make travel, getting hotels, all that stuff, a lot harder. The Kentucky's there, but on the reverse side of it, uh, Murray State, Kentucky, potentially on Saturday night should be a lot of fun to watch. In that was awesome. So, yeah, uh, I'm excited to excited to watch that one. Yeah, yeah, it's going to be a big one. It's it's really fun when the fan base enters into March like really excited, yeah. like. You know, you might lose Thursday night, but but you're excited. Like you get a whole week and be like, I don't know, we might we might win it all. <laughs> why not us? Like, why not us? You know, six games. Like we've won six games. Like Arkansas and Tennessee both won six games in a row at points of the season. Like I've seen us win six in a row. Like why not these six? Yeah. Why not? Why not these six? Why why can't yeah. it happen? And yeah. Hey. Like I I watched I watched Arkansas beat Auburn, Kentucky, Tennessee in a row, and I was like, I mean, yeah, why not? Like why can't we? Win three games in a row against other other good teams, like really good teams. Yeah, I mean those are three three teams that are top three seeds. So you're, yeah. I mean that's the hardest part of the tournament. You're probably gonna have to yeah. play like three teams like that. So I mean, yeah. obviously yeah. it was on the shown you can do it. Like we can. That, it's it's a lot easier to do something again. Like you know what I yeah. mean? Like you know. So I think you know Tennessee's in the same position. Like oh, we've beaten a lot of good teams. Like in like this is not a. All right, we just gotta win. When the ones ahead of you and they get tougher and they get a lot tighter, but if you've been on the winning side more, you're more likely to take it home. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you say that, Seth, because they I, they definitely have beaten a lot of really good teams, and I think that 
is kind of a good segue. Trujillo, I know you've got yeah. some good questions about yeah. that. So. so obviously we know Tennessee is playing Longwood. Uh, we got them, but the kind of interesting thing here, we're going to end up playing the winner of Colorado state um, and Michigan. But before I get into that, I wanted to talk about the elephant in the room Everybody's been complaining. It's been on the ESPN. Everybody's been after Lenardi. Uh, Tennessee being a three seed, Shump, what are your thoughts on that here? Yeah, I mean, I think they definitely deserve a two seed. I mean, the glaring one that sticks out is Duke. I mean, their yeah, resumes they, aren't yeah. even comparable to no. each other. And, and while I think Tennessee probably has a slightly better resume than Kentucky and Auburn, at least those they're comparable. You know, I, you're, yeah. you're picking bones at that point, just small stuff, but – with all that said, you look at the bracket. If I'm Tennessee, I'd rather be the three seed where they are than, than Duke's spot because yeah, I think honestly. worst matchups in the first round. I think Duke plays uh, Colgate in that first game, if I'm not mistaken, who's like a 15 seed, but they're like 25 spots higher on Ken Palm than Longwood is. And I think Texas Tech, as we saw Tennessee, lose to them early in the year, which granted they lost to Villanova too. I think Texas Tech is a bad matchup for Tennessee because they have that link that can – uh, switch one through five and really give Tennessee's Kennedy Chandler's Kai Ziegler struggles. So it, it is, you know, kind of is what it is. I think Tennessee deserved a two seed. I think it just further proves that they don't, the committee doesn't take much into account from the conference tournament weekend, which is yeah, kind they, of a glaring they blatantly problem. Said that. They blatantly said that. Uh, I've heard it multiple times that the games on Saturday and Sunday really do not matter much that the the regular season is, I, and I mean, I get it somewhat. Uh, you got to look at the the whole resume, but you'd think you'd put a little bit more emphasis on some of those games that mean the most. Um, and it, it, it's just kind of frustrating. For it sure. is. And I mean, I mean, Texas A&M, I think it's pretty remarkable that the they got left out. So to beat the three teams that they beat on three consecutive days and not get in the NCAA tournament is a pretty they whooped, they whooped both Arkansas and Auburn. Yeah. Like they, they put yeah, they, they beat us heavy. <laughs> we didn't we obviously didn't play very good, but they they brought it to us. Yeah. Like, I mean at least get them in a play in. Like yeah. I know they had lost eight straight, right? Had they lost point, eight they straight. Point, but they won one. They turned they it around. Yeah. Yeah, they won they'd won four straight going into the SEC tournament. So it was seven straight going into the Sunday's championship game. Seven yeah. straight. You so, gotta win six straight to win it. That's sort of like yeah. Exactly. So that was my thing too. It wasn't like that eight game losing streak went right into the SEC tournament or anything. They true, already very true. turned it around. And, you know, I think they were in they the were first four out going in into the, the week and there, maybe it was like the top team in the next four out, but it's kind of like, that, that was my takeaway. It's like, what's, what even is the point of having these first four out teams that you're going to show all as a huge deal when one of them goes in and does basically all they can do. Right? I mean, they could have yeah. finished things off and beaten Tennessee, but winning four straight, uh, when Tennessee only had to play three straight days is an incredibly like hard what? Challenge. All right, the only team that's done that. What what is Michigan's last nine games? Like, yeah. What 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 have they done the last 11, 11 games? <laughs> like they they've lived in like dropped out of the Big Ten tournament super early. While A and M is obviously like cert like playing fantastic basketball. Like, really yeah, it awesome. just goes to it seems to me like there's I don't know if it's a Big Ten bias or not, but it seems like Big Ten teams get the benefit of the doubt a lot more in the committee's eyes, which I, I guess they play stronger strength of schedule because there's a yeah, lot of depth in that. It's, team, it's, a, but. it's, I don't, it's just, they all just pass around these, you know, high net ranking games. And it's just like, well, they're just handing out like 
<laughs> okay, if you rank us higher, then we're just passing around. And it, the SEC has gotten better. Like, I mean, we're respected more now than we ever have been in a long time, I feel like, as a, as a whole. Totally. Yeah, I agree it with still, that. Totally. still feels like the Big Ten does get just a little lean. Maybe it's still on kind of the outside. And I would take like maybe the depth of the Big Ten's better, but I would take the top four in the SEC. Easy. I think they're almost all better than the top two in the Big Ten. I mean, agreed, yeah, agreed. Purdue, I think all four of those teams are better than Wisconsin, and I think at worst, all four of those teams are a toss-up against Purdue. Yeah, no, as someone who watches a little bit of Big Ten basketball, I totally – even throughout this season, like the Big Ten is basically – they're steady. You know, they have eight or nine bids, and there are it, – it goes back and forth a lot. Like, it's still tough playing in the Big Ten for sure. But, yeah, I mean, I could, I could see Wisconsin – like, there's a couple teams in there that have a chance of making a run. But I would take – yeah, I would honestly take the top four teams in the SEC over probably the top two in the Big Ten. But, Shump, something I noticed you kind of were tweeting out or responding to – yesterday with all the Lenardi stuff is people do kind of forget Lenardi doesn't really what he's doing is basically just predicting what the committee's going to do yeah um which is you, you know like I, I I get that but the problem I kept having with Lenardi is and I get it because he's he works for ESPN he has to do this but when he would defend kind of the yeah, he even said not, like oh I knew this was coming well, yeah, he, when he, he's when he would, his sources, he's protecting his sources. The well, committee. When, he, when he would defend <laughs> Tennessee not being a two seed, he would use he would say these games don't matter. These games don't matter. And then he even tweeted out how Villanova beat Tennessee like three months ago. And I'm like, OK, well, Tennessee just beat Kentucky twice in the last couple of weeks. And you have and it, and that didn't seed. matter. But and then and then he even Villanova said on the video. Idea. He said you could he said they're certainly not gonna put Tennessee ahead of Duke, although you could argue the resume is better. And I said, Yeah, because the resume is better. All, like, don't even have to argue. Totally, There's yeah. actual the actual resume is actually better. Yeah, it's he, not, he, you know, he just kind of contradicting himself. And again, he's not the one making the decisions, but I was like, Hey man, let's go to bat a little bit and say why this is wrong instead of just defending the committee for making bad decisions. Yeah, that, and I guess that's that's where you know my beef is with, with it too. Is he doesn't him trying to justify it? He was just rambling on, saying nothing multiple times. And credit to Reese Davis for holding his feet to the fire. And I think he's one of the best in the business. Yeah. Reese is, and it just it just made no sense. And especially that was the one that got me last night when he all week had said the head to head doesn't matter, and then he points out the Villanova head to head, a game that was literally thirty games ago for Tennessee, yeah. third game of the season. <laughs> and when Zakai Ziegler you know, and Kennedy Chandler are playing their third third game of the year, those are two of Tennessee's yeah. best four players, and whatever. But yeah, it's <laughs> it didn't, it, his justification made no sense. I, I don't um, think I think all the br- early bracketology has kind of has kind of marred things. Like I want to, I want to, I want to really not know where teams lie until they just drop at the committee. <laughs> the committee drops one ranking. Do away with everything else. And that yeah. was the other one, too, because, you know, they, the committee drops those top 16 seeds like a month before Selection Sunday. Yeah. And Tennessee was number 11 then. They yeah. lost one game since. They went to number 10. And Wisconsin, who had lost like four games in that time, jumped Tennessee by the committee yeah. standards. So it, yeah, it's, it, it didn't it's weird. It's weird. It, it doesn't add up. So um, <laughs> I need to be on – like, I think we need to be in that committee. So we need a plug in that committee. 
at least you don't even have to let the people vote. We just need to like we need to be oh, in the I, committee. I hate like I got it. I got to see. And it turns it. into a Pro Bowl. No, 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 it's not. No fan. No fan interaction. I just need to see it. I need to hear it. I, like I want you guys to be as up for up front as possible. I just want to be in the room. Like I don't. I don't have a yeah. vote or anything, but I want to hear what the committee says. <laughs> but, yeah, that's what Rick Barnes said that much today. He was like, they should, the committee should have to hold a press conference on Monday and answer questions. I want to see, I want to see all their faces, at least. Like, the committee hides behind this dark curtain. I'll, oh, we're the committee. Oh, who appointed you? Like, who appointed you guys the committee? Oh, the, the mystical committee. Dude. Face, face the music. Okay, you want to rank us a three seed? Well, come show your face. Like, yeah, he's gonna no. try to outrun all. Like, who cares? We're gonna prove you wrong. That's I like it. Tournament well, Twitter's gonna end your life. Whatever, <laughs> whatever seed you get, you're in the tournament. Like, let's go. And that I was the hilarious Lenardi thing. Is he was big time overcompensating for it. He like has Tennessee in their final four now. Yeah. You can tell he's just trying yeah, to yeah, get yeah. two people off. Yeah. Trying to save himself. And yeah. oh, he's he's been probably come after like no one. <laughs> That's I bet Ball Twitter is just destroying, just flaming Lenardi. Yeah, he's, no, I'm I'm sure oh, yeah. they are. They All are. these SEC fan bases getting good at basketball. He's not used to these these football no. these football fan ready. Base intensity. But, uh, being yeah, in he did, he has no idea. But yeah. um, I hate to interject here, guys, but there's actually some yeah, recent uh, recent news, uh, Shump. I don't know if you heard about this as you're pretty involved with the team. But uh, so Michael Schwartz, our defensive assistant, was hired as Eastern uh, Carolina's or East Carolina's head basketball coach. Um, and he has been one of the biggest reasons why our defense. I mean, Ken Palm has us at number three, one of the most sought after guys. Um, it came out about an hour ago, um, and it's going to be approved here, uh, on Wednesday, it said. So Shump, uh, what are your kind of thoughts? Do you think that could, uh, in the back of the players' minds and the back of the the coaches' minds, knowing, uh, one of such a key piece is leaving, obviously he's going to be there for the tournament, but, um, do you think that could have an effect on Tennessee's play? I don't think so. I mean, you always wonder if anything, you know, stuff like that could be a distraction. I doubt it is. I mean, knowing Mike a little bit, he's as dialed in as a guy as there comes. And this is this has been in the works for a while. So it yeah, wasn't he was the most like, sought after. Yeah, it wasn't if something not, like yeah, yeah. yesterday he interviewed it and it's come real quick. I mean, it's the athletic director at East Carolina was at on Tennessee, was an athletic director at Tennessee, but was in the athletic department when – Rick Barnes got hired. His son is a walk-on in the Tennessee basketball team. There were a lot of connections here and a lot of stuff kind of over so the past few sense. weeks. Some, some murmurs that there was a very good chance that East Carolina opened up that Schwartz would be their guy. But, yeah, I don't think it plays a huge role uh, going into the tournament. But certainly, I mean, next year you hit it. He's, he's the defensive guru. He's the, he's the defense coordinator, you know. Yeah, that's exactly – uh, uh, I was actually reading an article, and they literally said he is the defensive coordinator for Tennessee, um, essentially. So that's going to be a big loss. But, I mean, uh, we just had another recent big loss, losing Kim English. Um, and, obviously, he's doing a great job. But Tennessee was able to get right back in the mix um, and uh, kind of get things rolling again. So – uh, I think that's good news, really, in general, showing Rick Barnes having all of his assistants getting head coaching jobs. So I think that really makes Tennessee a uh, a hot spot for some of these guys looking to maybe make the jump from a smaller group of five conference and then bump up 
to the power five and get in with Tennessee. So it'll be exciting to see where that, uh, how that plays out. Definitely. And it's, it's the fifth coach, I believe I've yeah, counted right. Fifth. Yep. You're right. Left uh, or under Barnes tutelage has gotten the head coaching job, but yeah, three in the last two years. So, I mean, once he leaves and, and Tennessee finds a replacement for him, none of Tennessee's assistants will have been on the staff uh, more than two years. So there's certainly a lot of turnover there. And I think Schwartz is, just a fantastic basketball coach on the X's and O's side and certainly the defense. And it'll be interesting to see if Tennessee can keep it up because what they've done defense, I wrote about it for the year, like five questions facing this Tennessee team. And it was how big of a step back would a defense take? Eves Ponds, Jaden Springer, Keon Johnson, all elite defenders. And I was like, yeah, they have to take a step back. It's just how much they've gotten better this year. And yeah, it's, it's unreal. A testament to, testament to the young guys that have come in and bought in on defense, but a testament to Schwartz's genius as well. Yeah. And I thought it was even just kind of highway robbery. How wasn't Zakai Ziegler the only uh, all defensive uh, SEC player chosen when you have Josiah Jordan James and Kennedy Chandler? I know Kennedy Chandler got, uh, what was it, freshman, uh, freshman all freshman defense. Yeah. So, I mean, but I think you can make an argument for all three of those guys being a first team all defenders with how good this defense is it's tough when you 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 can't put three guys on one team that kind of beat each other out but I mean it's it's amazing what this team has done defensively um and there's an argument to be said we're we're the best defensive team in the country I know Ken Palm has us at three but uh certainly you can you can make the argument we're at number one yeah it's funny because uh... In my opinion, I think Ziegler is the third best defender on Tennessee's team. Yes, yes, exactly, exactly. Yeah, and him and Chandler are similar, but Josiah Jordan-James is definitely the best defender on Tennessee's team. So it, it was kind of highway robbery for him that he got left out. And I, yes. I was glad he was able to make the all-tournament team uh, this year or this week because I think well, he's, yeah, he was important a freak in Tennessee's success. On defense. A freak on defense. He literally was blocking – I mean, he's coming in at power forward. Olivier Kamwa getting hurt this season, honestly, I think – change the whole dynamic and rotation um, to the point where JJJ is getting more minutes. Yorosh is getting more minutes. Um, and the, the way JJJ has been shooting the ball and the way he's been defending playing the power forward position. I mean, he's getting blocks left and right steals left and right. The dude is playing top of his game right now. So I totally agree uh, with you there, Sean. Yeah. I think there's an argument that he made. He's the most valuable player on Tennessee's team because yep. his ability to play to three and play on the perimeter and also go four and run the small ball lineups. And like you're right. Once Olivier got hurt, it kind of forced Tennessee to play the small ball lineup. Yeah. more. And I think that's their most effective lineup. It definitely is offensively. Certainly, certainly. And it sucks because Kam was a, a, a good player. And I mean, he's uh, definitely could use him on the team, but I think this really helped us figure out the right rotation and uh, get things rolling. So Something interesting to look at there, but uh, I wanted to also talk about, I know, obviously, the kind of notion of Rick Barnes in the tournament. Uh, He made the Final Four once. I believe that was the TJ Ford Texas team. Um, Wasn't able to to make a run with Kevin Durant, LaMarcus Aldridge, um, some of those guys. Uh, Obviously, KD, that one's the toughest one to me, like. Yes, yeah, Kevin Durant in college, bro. Like you couldn't make a run with, KD. but KD wasn't quite KD at that. I mean, but he still had, he he's done a lot. Of, a lot he was amazing. Um, he was amazing. Yeah, but, but you're still number number two overall pick in the draft. So but yeah, you see, like like look at uh, yeah, he was he was KD. But I mean, besides all that, 
this team seems a little bit different. Like we talked about, we broke the 41 uh, or how many years was it? 42 year curse. 43. Uh, 43. 43. Yeah. Good Lord. Uh, it's already 2022. Um, 43 year curse. 1979 was the last time we won the SEC championship. We're breaking curses already. Do you think this is the year we make it over the hump or is Barnes going to Barnes? Well, no, I think it's in one thing. When you look at Barnes' teams at Tennessee, uh, they've been last year's team is a little bit of an exception. That team was just skidding down the stretch and not playing well going into the tournament. Yep. But his other teams at Tennessee have been very big man dominant. Grant Williams, by far the best player on those teams. Admiral at the three, four spot, yep. too. So, and in March, we know it, guard play reigns supreme. And this is a Tennessee team that's built on guard play. Two good point guards, Santiago Bescovi, all SEC first team player. Yeah, amazing so it, shooting. It, yeah, and it has, so it has the team that's built more to win in March. And I think you look, a lot of, I've always said, that I think, Barnes's biggest weakness is is being an, as what he does as an in-game coach, which makes yes. sense. All that stuff's magnified in March. I think he's been a lot better this year, and he, I think he's handled rotations better. I think he's handled the big men uh, who were very inconsistent. I think he's handled them with a very very good touch. He's been more willing to play guys with two fouls in the first half, even when it, it really backfired in that game in Arkansas. Kennedy Chandler picked up a third foul. Not that he does it every game, but he's he's more lenient on doing it. He's more yeah. lenient to to take a timeout when a team's on a run, which he is in the past very much we're going to play through it. Uh, I think he's adapted in a lot of ways this year. And to me, it has been clearly the best coaching job of his Tennessee career. And a lot of it has been uh, due to what he's done in game, which I think has to give you more confidence uh, when you go into the NCAA tournament as well as the guard play. But who knows? Anything can happen. And uh, certainly the the resume over the last decade has not been great. Yeah. Yeah. But I mean, Dude's an all-time coach, uh, obviously has done well. Was he at Providence before Clemson, or am I making that up? Yeah, he was at Providence. Yeah, so um, Providence, Clemson, Texas, Tennessee. The dude has won wherever he went. Um, so I think, it, yeah, maybe his tournament resume isn't there. Um, but uh, like you said, Shump, the, the, the game has changed a lot. Guard play, shooting three ball. Uh, obviously Steph Curry coming in into the league has really changed basketball a lot. So it's a, it's a three ball dominant game, guard dominant game. Like you're talking about where years ago, it was all about who, who's the biggest guy, biggest, strongest guy you could get. So uh, I, I think that's spot on Shump uh, about our guard play being big and uh, adapting. So I'm excited. I'm excited. My, I'm definitely more hopeful. You, uh, I think the good guard play makes you a better in-game coach. Like yeah. if you trust your guard, and that's why March March comes down to these late, you know, clock, you know, very tight clock situations where your guard play is. That's why it's so important. Is like they're the ones working. Like, so re- being guard reliant instead of like guard kind of dependent. So your your guards, you trust your guards. Like you're going to be a much better in game coach. It makes it just they control it easier. You know? No, you're right. You can only do so much. No, that's a great point. And here's a a take I have that I've told a couple people, but I haven't written or or said it on recording anywhere. So I'll I'll let y'all see what y'all think thoughts on this are. I think the Tennessee and Auburn this year are basically absolute flip-flops of each other from the 2019 team. I love that. Because Tennessee that year, very big man dependent, great front court as Auburn does this year, peaked in early January, number one in the country for about a month. Auburn that year was very shaky until February. I think they lost one game in February and then ran it through the table and won the SEC tournament. Great guard play with Jared Harper and Bryce Brown. 
kind of the same way with Tennessee. I think yeah. the big difference is yeah. Tennessee doesn't have a, a Chuma with Kiki. I mean, Josiah is probably the most comparable guy there, and Josiah is not going to be a top 20 draft pick like Chuma right. was. But yeah, uh, I think there's it's kind of crazy that it's, just, it's those two schools, but I think they're almost kind of polar flips of each other. I like that. No, yeah, Auburn's, that Auburn's guard play this year is going to get them beat. Well, uh, what is that, beat. Wendell uh, Wendell Green Jr. Um, and Bruce I mean, Bruce encourages it, I swear, and he, he will. They'll take they'll take the worst shot, and sometimes it works. Like it works enough to like almost kind of justify keeping doing it. But in 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 this tournament situation, it is going to get them beat. I it just will. You can't have that kind of irresponsible guard play, turnovers, terrible shots, all that kind of stuff. They do it all. A hundred percent, and. And it's kind of like kind of the opposite of what we're saying with Barnes. Bruce is very hand on the offensive end. He's hands off and he's going to let his guys play. And that works to Seth's point earlier, when you have really good guards, that works really well. But when you don't have really good guards, it doesn't. And they don't have a true point guard. None of those guys seem to have a good feel for the game. I mean, I, the Auburn game at Tennessee, they're on a huge scoring drought and Jabari Smith's going off in the game and Wendell Green's one of five from three shooting 30 he foot three yeah. Yeah. 22 seconds on a shot clock. I mean, it's just, you have no feel for the game. And oh, I was Arkan- have them Arkansas and Auburn were tied, tied with like 30 seconds left. Auburn has the last shot of the game. Like we're tied. We're already going to overtime. Auburn has the very last shot of the game and he pulls up from like 32 he pulls up from the midcourt logo with like Green eight light. seconds left. It was like, dude, that's the no one. You were not being pressured into that's the shot you chose. That's we'll give you that one. Like, you can have, oh and, my goodness, like that's so unaware of how how to win a basketball game. That's gonna lose sure, your tournament game. I'm not sure Katie Johnson has dribbled with his head up all season. He, he's got one mode and it's head down hard as you can to the basket. Which how do you come back from 0 of 14? <laughs> that's not good. 0 of 14 is tough. I can't like. Ooh, that's a few misses. That's not there a good was, day, of Phil. There, there were some good memes from that that one too. <laughs> oh yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. Well, Shump, I, I had one final question uh, for you. Before uh, we we switch over, we actually have another guest coming in here soon. Uh, good friend of ours, but so right now the Tennessee Volunteers we're getting into a little gambling, um, and uh, I don't know NCAA regulations. You being involved with Tennessee, if you can speak, <laughs> be speaking on all this no, stuff. I can't. I no, can't. I'm just messing with you. Yeah. But uh, we're sitting at about you can pretty much get Tennessee between plus 2000 to plus 2500 depending on uh, kind of what site you're looking at um what do you think about the value on that that's a good question because i've never been a, a big future futures guy well, where where does that rank in, in the country among best so uh we have gonzaga at number one plus 325 uh Oof, i won't go i won't go through all the odds but um so it's gonzaga number one arizona kentucky kansas baylor Auburn, Duke, Villanova, Purdue, UCLA, and Tennessee. Ooh, so hey, give me that. I, I like Tennessee over a lot of those teams, and they're not—they're only going to have to play one or two of them. Yeah, yeah so I, that I is too. one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. Um, and UCLA is actually tied on Caesars uh, with Tennessee at plus two thousand. So at about the ten spot. Um, what the, hey, what'd you say the Hogs are? The let's see where Arkansas they are 10 so 11, 12, 13, 14, 15, five spots behind at plus 5,000. Ooh, I like that action. 
That value. Like, I like that action. Too. That's because hey, because we got to play. Theoretically, we would have to play Gonzaga so early. Our odds are are probably like. Yeah, yeah. It, it definitely has a lot to do with where you yeah. where you ended up in the the seating. Let's go. So, I'm saying I'm saying a dual bet. I'm gonna bet on. I'll, I'll throw a little money on. I'll sprinkle a little bit on both of them. You know, balls, 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 maybe. the unity. Yeah, no, I like that. And to me, there's just no. I mean, last year Gonzaga and Baylor were clearly the two best teams all season, and. To me, there's just not a clear top team for a while. I thought, you know, Kentucky, I really like them to make a run, but they have not been playing very good the last month, really since Ty Ty Washington and Severe Willer came back from injury. They just haven't gotten back into rhythm. And the two teams I like are Gonzaga, but I don't think they're as good as they were last year. Obviously, they've had that struggle getting off to, over to hump. And Arizona, I think, is the best team in the country. But at the same time, Kirk Creesa, it sounds like he's going to play. I don't know if y'all saw that picture he tweeted out of his ankle yesterday, but it was absolutely nasty. I mean, it was Yikes. purple still. And obviously, that's your starting point guard. And we were just talking about how important guard play is. So, to me, that's a huge red flag for Arizona, who to me is the most complete team in the country when they have everybody healthy. No, I, uh, I like that a lot. And Arizona's sitting at plus 600. Um, they're number two behind Gonzaga. I just don't, I, I think. I think you're right on about that, about being Arizona number one, Gonzaga. Obviously their strength of schedule is way below a lot of these teams. Arizona has a very good strength of schedule. Um, I, I don't think they have any quad four losses, a lot of quad one wins. Um, I think, I just don't know value wise at plus 600 if it makes quite sense, but uh, I like your take there, Sean, that I think uh, Arizona probably is the best team in the country, but as we know in March, it's not always the best team in the country that wins the tournament. No, absolutely not, and that's that's the beauty of it, man. It's, it's the best, best team in March. That's it's it's the best the, team in the tournament. Oh, yeah. man. I'm excited. We all got a shot. We all got a chance, man. We all got a shot at it. All right, jump on. One shining moment. It's going to be the Hogs this year. We'll see. I'm going to be in the one shining moment video. That's what we (laughs) – Woo, national champ. Oh, my gosh. All right. Shump, thanks for coming on. Uh, Any any final thoughts or anything we should be looking out for coming from you or Rocky Top Insider? Yeah, I mean, no. My my final thought is I'm disgusted by how bad the Midwest region is. I'm honestly not sure I've ever seen a region that bad. And it's – it's very frustrating because I was, like I was saying, I, I was going to have Auburn losing early in the tournament, but I don't know. It, that region's not very good. So we'll see. And then got, over uh, at RPI, we'll have tons of stuff getting you ready for the tournament all week. I should have a, a Longwood preview up tomorrow and uh, tons of stuff to get you ready for that. And then for the, the baseball uh, the baseball junkies out there, SEC play open up this weekend. We'll oh, yeah. Right oh, no. Who's Tennessee got? South Carolina. Two. Man, Ooh, upset, nice. of, upset of the year this past weekend or the early yeah. season, winning two out of three over Texas. Nice. They sweep that double error. That's nice. Yeah, they did. Uh-huh. And they're good. I mean, South Carolina, that's – SEC, every weekend's tough in yeah. SEC, man. No off weekends. We got yeah. – uh, No off we weekends. Play Kentucky. I don't know how Kentucky's been. They've, they're probably, they've been good recently, so we'll see. Well, sweet. Hey, Have fun in Indy. Yeah, yeah appreciate yeah. it, guys. Thanks for Chump, having me. On. Always a pleasure, man. We we really appreciate the insight that you're uh, able to to give us into the program. You do an uh, amazing job on Twitter and uh, LinkedIn. Noah, man, I'm excited uh, excited to see where your career ends up, Shump, because uh, I, I have a feeling you got a bright future in uh, <laughs> sports writing, and uh, we're always excited to have you on here, man. Well, I appreciate that. Let's uh, let's do a, 
uh, let me jump in a pay, pay dirt sports live episode all together in New Orleans for the final four. Let's yeah. yeah. No, we're, we're we'll going. So if uh, you're going to be down there, hell, we'll get you in. Yeah, yeah. Let's do it. All right. All thanks, right. guys. Yep. All right. So I think we just had oh, yeah. boss man. Ben. Hey, I got to grab, grab, grab my bracket for this. Oh, yeah. Go get it. Yeah. So we're going to take a quick, uh, Quick break as boss man is getting loaded up here and Skogs is getting yeah. his bracket together. Um, so I, I'm the only one here without my bracket. Uh, so I, I'm lacking there, but I do have it printed out, but my main focus here has been on some upsets. So, uh, don't you worry. I've been doing, doing some research here and looking through some of these upsets. Uh, I hit some big ones last year. Um, I called that, uh, Ohio team. What was that guy's name? Jason, uh, God, I, I can't remember his name, but uh, big, big upset. Um, I called last year and I, I was telling everybody about it. So maybe I can pull off another one. We'll see. All right. Welcome back into Patered Sports. Just uh, got off the phone with Ryan Shumpert joining us from Rocky Top Insider, giving us a little insight on the balls, March Madness and whatnot. But now we have March Madness specialist with a few aces up his sleeve, a good friend of the show, Ben Bossman Batista is joining us. Benny, how's it going, buddy? Good. Yeah, thanks for having me, everyone. I'm uh, I'm excited for March. I'm I'm sure everyone else is, but uh, yeah, excited to uh, kind of talk about some of these games and uh, yeah, talk about the matchups here. Yeah, for Ben's sure. And, Ben's a March on. Madness inspiration. You know, he, Ben from day one, Bossman has been all about the madness of March. So. Yeah, he really inspired me as a young kid. He, he's the reason I, I get so excited about it now. You know, I just think about think about how excited it, it is, and uh, everyone gets to enjoy the madness together. It's awesome. Yeah, I mean, this is truly the best time of the year. And uh, I will say, uh, I am a big John Rothstein aficionado, so um, he certainly gets me into the mood for madness. And so, hey, they they don't call it March and, and madness for no reason. So, um, and this this season and and, and this tournament is going to be no different. So. Um, Really looking forward to the full pageantry of March Madness because last year we didn't really get the, the full complete thing because remember they had that kind of bubble um, in, I guess, what was it, in like uh, Indianapolis, I guess, with all those four venues in Indiana. But, um, yeah, we get, the, we get the full spectacle this season, so certainly pumped. Yeah, for sure. And we'll get into all the – we can get into brackets, whatever, but any any opening thoughts for you just on this – on the four oh. regions, on the on the bracket as a whole, anything you want to start off with? I wanted to quickly interject. Um, I know we were talking about during the break, boss man. Do want to call out, still want to get credit for this uh, upset pick. Jason Preston, um, like I said, or uh, you guys missed this, I'm uh, the upset guru of the uh, the team here. Last year, I picked Ohio to beat Virginia. Jason Preston, uh, the guy was an amazing college player, had a great story. Um, and boss man, I know you were kind of talking about that a little bit. Um, well, what are your thoughts on kind of Jason Preston there, Ohio? Why don't we recap that a little bit and then, uh, we'll, we'll let you get into what you want to talk about. Yeah. Cause I know you mentioned that was one of the, uh, one of the, those upsets that you hung your hat to, but, um, yeah, Jason Preston, we were talking about, he, he's kind of one of those rare players that was a stat sheet stuffer. Um, he led uh, Ohio in, in scoring. Assist, he led the, the country in assists, or one of the top leaders. And then he also led his team in rebounding, too. So 
Um, kind of what we were saying is that that's kind of a, a rare breed of player. Um, even in today's tournament, you don't see many players that are um, filling the stat sheet like he did um, for his team last year. But uh, I think that's a good segue into kind of going um, into the tournament and kind of um, identifying some key matchups for some of the yes. higher seeds and yes. um, kind of what's, what's caught my eye. So um, The Madness I, guru. Ben's always got – He's got you some solid upset picks, and they're going to hit. Like, I'm telling you, that I have watched this guy pick too many. He's a savant when it comes to the upset picks. Yeah, I think it's just based amount or based on um, – it's a little too much research that I put into some of these. But um, I will say, um, I, I think starting with um, – if I had to pick a double-digit seed um, to reach the, uh, the Sweet 16, I think the – Genuinely, I think the best chance is uh, South Dakota State. Um, their first uh, their first game in the round of 64, they go with Providence. Uh, believe it or not, that game is a pick em right now. I think it's one. It's um, well, You have to correct me if I'm wrong. Looking at the bet MGM odds, I believe it's a two-and-a-half-point spread, which is pretty significant considering South Dakota State is a 13-seed playing against uh, Providence as the four-seed. But – in my opinion, the winner of that game is uh, going to play the winner of Iowa and Richmond. And I think Iowa's going to beat uh, Richmond in that matchup. But whoever wins that matchup of Providence and South Dakota State, I think, is going to beat Iowa, even um, despite the fact that Iowa just won uh, the Big Ten tournament and the fact that they're one of the hottest teams in the Big Ten and in the country, though. But um, I think in, in that particular matchup, Iowa kind of struggles defensively with both of those teams. And um, I, I think that's a pretty good pick for South Dakota State. So uh, that's one that I'm really keeping my eyes on. And to go a little bit further with the Jackrabbits, they, believe it or not, lead the country with 44% uh, three-point field goal percentage, which is outstanding. That's that's yeah, that's a phenomenal statistic. So uh, even if they don't get the win, that's certainly a, uh, that's a matchup to, to, uh, to tune into. At 12 40 Eastern time on Thursday. Oh, that's an early bird. That's a that's an early upset special. Early on a Thursday. Jackrabbits ain't no stranger to the tournament, though. They had a good no. they had a good run several years ago. They at least uh yeah. watching them. What was that guy's name that was Mooney Mike Dom. Mike yes. Dom, the dominator from uh the dominator. That was so man, I think we watched we watched that one. I think we I'm watched sure Dom's we grandest performance. Oh, that was awesome. I will say to kind of go right. I got them. Hey, they're in my – yeah, they're in my Sweet 16. I picked them to win the first game as well. I actually – now I'm convinced. I think I – like, I got them there versus Kansas. If they've already beaten Iowa, like, I think they might give Kansas a run. Like, why not make them to the Elite Eight? Yeah, that's true because I'm not really convinced on Kansas. And I'm not either, dude. I I'm not convinced on anyone. All Bill Self does is lose in the tournament. Want to talk about someone who loses in the tournament? Yes. Bill Self. Like y'all, yeah, he won one title in 2008, but like, what what has Kansas done since then? Being like a top three seed, like every year. Yeah, I will say they kind of ripped through the Big 12 pretty much every year, and this this year was was no different. But um, I will say, just kind of a, a question I want to throw at you guys: um, What number one seed do you think is going to have the the early exit in in this year's uh, in this year's tournament? Kansas. Do you think Kansas? Yeah. Good nah. Zaga. Yeah, I got the Zags losing to the Hogs. I got the Hogs over the Zags. We are a good matchup for the Gonzaga. We, we will be tough on them. 
I think I might have Kansas losing to Creighton in uh, wow. two. That's that'd be I'll, sick. I would I'm, like that. I'm kind of that. Oh I'm wait, a- sorry. I do have I have quite the upset pick, and it's not. It's just a field pick. It's not a not a lot of logic behind it. But I've got UNC taking down Baylor in the second round. I, yeah, no, say, I, like I, I think that's a pretty good pick too because I just like that the way they're playing. Yeah, I mean UNC. They um. I mean, we saw that Duke game, and, and they kind of yeah. – uh, they trounced Duke, and um, they got a lot of players that can fill it up, and they got the size on the inside too. But um, I think they match up pretty well with Baylor, but the only issue is that Baylor's got the quick guards that yeah. North Carolina struggles with. But, um, yeah, that's a really good pick. I've, I've got my eye on that one too. That, that one's certainly circled in, in, in my book as well. So I think that's a good pick as well. Benny, you think the Horn Frogs, can they make any noise? Can they, uh, could they give Arizona any trouble? You know, that question's been thrown at me a little bit, but one of my good buddies and my old roommate at TCU, uh, his name's Chris, he, um, so he's a huge Seton Hall fan, and we were just, we were going, kind oh, of going back and forth. Um, no, prior to Selection Sunday, we were going back and forth saying that um, both uh, Seton Hall and TCU were kind of slotted to the eight and nine game, and we were saying, like, how horrible would it, would it be if both of these teams played each other? And sure enough, I saw Seton Hall get that eight spot, and I just knew TCU was going to get slotted at that at that nine spot. But I will say TCU is a very good defensive team, and it's a it's a patented Jamie Dixon squad where uh, it's a really good defensive team. But um, what does separate this TCU squad from um, many others in in recent memory is the fact that they do have an all conference point guard who is a scoring guard first, and um, one of, one of my um, one of my calling cards that I like to pick for, uh, for some of these games is, I mean, you need shot makers. I think that's a given. You need good guards. You need shot makers to go deep into the tournament. And I'm not saying TCU is going to go deep, but uh, their point guard, Mike Miles, is um, he's one of the best scorers in the Big 12. And um, I don't know if they're going to beat Seton Hall. I'm going to pick TCU just because um, why not? They're, they're near to my heart. But uh, Seton Hall is a tough matchup. They're, they're athletic. They're long. And um, – Honestly, I think they're better than TCU, but um, I think that's a it's a pick'em game. It's um I think it's one and a half spread. So uh, that honestly gave me life to uh, to pick TCU, and uh, it's not just me being crazy or, or biased in in that yeah. sense. I picked them, but I mean it was a, it was a shout out. But pick them. Love the Horn Frogs. Yeah, I will say. Um, when was their last tournament win? TCU. The last time I remember they went into the tournament. Their best team in recent memory was our sophomore year. So they had, if you can remember, Jalen Fisher. Oh, yeah. Uh, if that name yeah. rings a bell. Oh, um, it does. And they have two NBA, they had two NBA players on that team. They had this guy named Tenrich Williams, who I believe is on the Thunder. And then they also had uh, Desmond Bain, who was on that oh. team as well. Oh, my, yeah. my boy on the Grizz. Yeah, Desmond, he was really good at TCU. But uh, I am surprised to see how well he's doing at uh, – Averaging 18 uh, in the a game NBA. And yeah, 43% I mean, from three. Dude's a freak. Yeah. I mean, he also, I saw a funny stat or a funny tweet that said um, maybe 2K was right considering it. Uh, the shorter arms equate to a higher three point percentage for the for the, the creation of a my player. And then that's no different <laughs> for Destin Bain, which I thought was kind of funny. But um, yeah, I, I think that was probably the best TCU team in recent memory, but they didn't even win a. They got a six seed that season, and oh, they had the, uh, the eleven uh, playing game. They caught a Syracuse team that went to the Sweet Sixteen. 
So uh, I'm just glad Syracuse isn't in the tournament anymore because they give trouble to teams that haven't been accustomed to that two, three zone. Um, now you give, you give Syracuse a double digit seed. It's like guaranteed. They're making a run. They're winning a couple games. I swear. Yeah. Anytime I saw like that 11 or 10 or maybe, maybe slipped down to an eight on a Syracuse. I'm always putting them in like sweet 16 elite eight, but yeah, this year, no Bayheim and the boys, especially did y'all see buddy Bayheim punch that dude in the stomach? <laughs> no, I missed that. Oh, you just during oh, the it game. Was, it was kind of yeah. It was during the game. So what happened was they, they were in transition, and um, I can't recall which team they played, but one of the players he, he kind of was like bodying up, going down the yeah. Court. It was just getting physical, like and, nothing uh, dirty. Yeah, they scored the basket. Yeah, it was nothing dirty, but they scored the basket and they turned around the other way. And Buddy kind of he threw just like a nice like hook into the guy's stomach, and he, he then went yeah. to the, crumbled to the ground. I don't think a foul was called, but they suspended him for the next game against Duke. Yeah. And Jim, I, Jim denied it. He was like, nah, it wasn't a punch. But oh, it was, did he really? Yeah. I mean, he, got he, the, he got suspended for it, which I don't necessarily think was needed. I mean, it was certainly dirty, and it was – I think if he got a – I mean, he – like, it was very obvious. It was, it was <laughs> obvious, considering they have, like, that camera right under the back. Yeah. It was It was a perfect angle. I thought it was kind of funny, though, and I considering – Considering like uh, the debacle that Jawan had, anytime someone else can, oh yeah, can do some sort of dirty play, it, it, I just find it kind of funny. A potential, uh, another potential Michigan Tennessee rematch, Ben. What the, would you like to see that happen? Yeah, I think uh, from a, a Michigan fan standpoint, um, I mean, why not, man? They've had pretty good success in recent memory. I don't, I don't know if it was in discussion earlier, but. Um, the past two times that Michigan played Tennessee, I believe, I think it was like 2011 when Michigan won by 30. It was Bruce Pearl's last game, if I'm, if I, if I'm correct on that yeah, one. Yeah, I think you're and right. And he was kind of, he kind of had one foot out the door, and uh, it was kind of understood that he was leaving. And, and Michigan, they they ran him out of the gym. And then the second time, I <laughs> think it was when we were still in high school. I know you're talking oh, about it. That's one of the funniest. Just when, when it's the infamous Jarnell Stokes charge at the, the Jarnell uh, Stokes oh charge at the very end of the game. Michigan was clearly the more talented team, and Tennessee had him on the ropes. I think yeah, no, like, I don't. I don't know if they were clearly a more talented team. No, I think Tennessee was the more talented team. I think we Michigan had was the better team. Coaching, yeah. yeah. I mean, they had. Uh, I think Michigan had like three NBA players in that so starting lineup. But, um, I mean, if, if you count McCray, an NBA player, he's a journeyman. I think they had McCray. I don't know if um, – Stokes and like McCray, Josh Stokes. Richardson. Yeah, Josh Richardson. Josh Richardson ended up being a pretty good NBA player. Yeah. Um, I, I think they had, like – Michigan had, like, Karis LeVert, obviously, who's a really good NBA player now. They had Glenn Robinson, Nick Stauskas, who was player of the year in the Big Ten that year. Yeah, so, was, um, they were – yeah, they were – He was a yeah, I mean, it was, Michigan it was a pretty was good, good team. This game has been good. For, I mean, they had a lot of good teams in there. But anyways, so this current matchup, um, I will say if Michigan can get past Colorado State, I think they will. But um, I'm really excited for that second round match. I think we all are. And I think Tennessee, Tennessee fans, if they remember uh, those previous Michigan games, I know they want revenge for that one. But um, to kind of break down that matchup, um, yes, Michigan is not performed. They, they haven't performed well this entire season. And um, in terms of like the preseason uh, expectations, I don't think they've met up to it considering they were a top 10 uh, projection. But um, 
they do, I think personnel-wise, they do match up well in, in terms of the length that Tennessee presents. And at the same time, it's really interesting because I'm a big fan of Kennedy Chandler, uh, Viscovi, and Zakai Ziegler. But um, Michigan does match up with their guards with two graduate seniors. And so I think that's going to be a really interesting matchup if we can kind of if, – if it all does play out. Those two freshman guards going against Michigan's um, two senior guards in Devontae Jones and Eli Brooks, I think that's going to be an interesting matchup. But where I think Tennessee certainly has the edge, if Josiah Jordan-James, if he plays well and if he shoots well, I don't think – I really don't think they – uh, have an issue with Michigan, but if he doesn't play well, I think Michigan's going to give him trouble because Dickinson down low, um, I think um, he'll probably give Tennessee some issues because I know that Rick Barnes is probably not going to double Dickinson because Michigan gives him the ball every time and they have the length to kind of go with him straight up. But if you've watched Michigan games this season and even last season, you give the ball to Dickinson on the block, he's going to get that uh that lefty hook off pretty much every single time off the right shoulder and um so the big 10 teams have have resulted and resorted to doubling him and i'm not sure if tennessee's going to do that but um i think that's where michigan does have the edge and uh you know the pace that tennessee presents it's going to be like a, a slow pace game it might be a low scoring game and so it'd be um, really low scoring i bet tennessee's defense is is clamped like their defense is yeah is really strong i think that's where that's where it gets kind of lost a little bit it's just like the fact that their defense will just kind of choke you out to some right some extent well that's the thing it's like uh i mean this entire season you've seen tennessee they've really gone on some massive runs in, in some games and it starts with defense and they can really um they can shell out a, a really good defense and, and make teams go cold. And I think we've seen that time and time again with that Tennessee defense this, uh, this season, but on the flip side, I mean, I, I specifically re- remember with that Texas tech game, both teams hit a dry spell as well. So it wasn't um, that's, that's the one issue is Tennessee's going to have to make shots. And I think that's probably the X factor and it's an obvious one, but um, particularly with that Tennessee team is, you know, they're going to face adversity at some point in the tournament. And um, I think the key is just to, to be able to get some stops there. So who's your, uh, who's your final four? What's, what you got, what you working with? You know, I'm kind of going back and forth because, because um, most, most years when uh, madness comes around, I like always um, following the selection Sunday show, I'll just riff off like a first impressions bracket. And then, yeah, sleep on it and then kind of like do a little bit more research and revise it a little bit. But last night I genuinely could not put together anything of substance. And it was, it was really irritating to me, but today I had a little bit of time to do some research and and kind of finalize uh, some sort of skeleton. But my two, my two favorites to win it would probably be Gonzaga and Arizona. I think they're probably the two most complete teams in the country. (laughs) Wow! Wow! Really a surprise, Ben. Come yeah, on, you're going, I, I, you're going, you're going chalk. You're going scratch on this. I know. I'm sorry, but um, I, I think those those are probably the safest picks. But in terms of the other two regions, the East and the in the Midwest, like it's quite honestly such a crapshoot, and I've yet to make my mind. I don't want to go with Kentucky because 
I'm really interested with that Murray State, that possible Murray State matchup for the Battle of Kentucky in that second round. And then um, I want to pick Wisconsin in that other one, but in, uh, in, good, in good faith, I cannot pick a Big Ten team to make the, uh, the final four. Iowa State's so, going to beat them in the Sweet 16 is my call. I've got, think, I've got Wisconsin in the Elite Eight. Yeah, I, um, I, I think Wisconsin's good for a couple games, but outside of that, um, you're kind of pressing your luck there. But I will say that LSU-Iowa State game could possibly be by far the worst, the worst <laughs> matchup in the entire field. Oh, yeah. No, I agree. That criminal Will Wade is finally out from LSU, and just the timing of it in terms of his firing, you, you know that they finally caught wind of um, the plethora of things that he, he's been – they already yeah. had wind. They, they already had wind. They finally just – They, they just realized they're like, oh, this he's not a long as good as we thought he was going to be, so we'll get him yeah. out of there. Yeah, yeah. Where do you, oh, we've done all this cheating and, like, his best success is a crappy six seed. Like, not even a good six seed. They're only a six seed because, like, they have amazing players. Like, LSU is actually a very talented roster. Yeah, they're, <laughs> no, they really are. <laughs> well, wait, just – it's terrible. He's just a bad, like, not a good coach. And he's cheating up everything just to do it, just to be a very me- mediocre coach. I was glad Arkansas handed him his last L. That was pretty Yeah, yeah that, that was, was nice. Very nice. That's, I can't lie. Very that, was, fitting. that was very nice. Beat LSU three times, like, went 3-0 and versus him this year and handed him his last L. That's awesome. Yeah, Great way to go, go out. Just See to ya. go look- a little bit further on that LSU quite literally has the worst brand of undisciplined, unorganized and sloppy basketball. Like it's the most disgusting team. I think I've watched this entire season. Yeah, Will Wade's a, a Nashville guy from FRA. Yeah. He's from FRA. So yeah. um, yeah, I'm, I, I can't say I'm surprised to be honest. No. <laughs> and I'm pretty close with a lot of FRA friends. I uh, I grew up with a kid uh, who went there. We went to preschool together. Um, uh, so I had some. Name? Hey, what, uh, who are you talking about? Tanner Clark. No. Do you know? Well, uh, Nick Murphy, Will Tanzel, some of those guys, Ben Jackson. Yeah. yeah I, like so, I like them FRA boys. Yeah. So <laughs> I know a lot of those FRA boys. I grew up with them. And uh, they were. So the, the Wade family is actually pretty ingrained into FRA. Uh, there's some teachers. Um, Will was, a, I believe, a student back in the day and had some kind of teaching job, but th- their family is ingrained. And basically, everyone I've talked to says the entire family is scumbags. <laughs> <laughs> So he's just bred different, like <laughs> so. yeah, quite literally, man. So I, I'm glad he's out from LSU. It was a long time coming. Yeah. I don't know how he didn't get fired when they when yeah, that. First, I don't know um, how he didn't get fired when that first thing came out. Yeah, yeah, and it was pretty obvious. But um, yeah, who knows? I, I'm not a fan of Iowa State either. So I, I just want to completely avoid and not even. Not even like not even sniff. Oh, game, I'm man. big that's, on Iowa State, baby. That's oh the worst four right there. I got LSU. Them, I got Iowa State in the Elite Eight. I hope Dang. you're joking. I really hope you're joking, uh-uh. dude. I, I don't know about that one. That's what I'm saying. That four right there is ter- Iowa LSU, Iowa State, Wisconsin, Colgate. Like that little quadrant is just pretty. Dude, and then yeah, that, Auburn's going to choke. Games is, Auburn's going to choke in the Sweet 16, just like Tennessee did. To uh, Iowa I got State. USC. I'm riding the Trojans. Oh, they're my, they're yeah, my dark horse, Andy, and built to the house. USC matches up well with with Auburn uh, with their length too. Um, I will like, say, then it's USC versus Wisconsin. I, okay, I'll pick USC again. <laughs> then USC Kansas. 
Kansas, bro? Yes, you, yes, you got it. Oh, I got Kansas getting bounced by Creighton. So, hey, but man, as Doug McBuggets ain't walking San Diego that State, bro. I always bet the Aztecs. Um, have we all, or I know, boss man, we we asked you about our final four, but have we do, do we need to do a quick round table here of what everybody's yeah, we got? Can. Yeah, Has everybody, yeah, uh, got yeah I'd, love, in? I'd love to hear you guys. Yeah, let's do it, man, dude. Mine's wild. Like, mine's pretty wild, too. I, I, are we gonna I wrote do, up my bracket. Are we gonna do region by region or uh, I'm just gonna just give four them at a time. All right, yeah, 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 just give the final Go. four. And then. But, but so I, I like wrote out my bracket and I felt pretty good as I was writing it. But you ever fill one out and then you look and you're just like, man, like, how did I how did I get here? Yeah, I tweeted out today. Yeah, I did that today. But I stuck so with it. It's still number one. <laughs> so here's what I got. I actually got yeah, we're yeah, I'm all over the place, but I got Kansas, Tennessee, Purdue, Arkansas. Nice. And then I got okay. hogs, I got hogs and balls in the natty. And okay. Purdue, like Purdue. You got Tennessee winning. Yeah, I got Tennessee winning. <laughs> but uh I got like Purdue, I I really don't like them that much, but there's enough there that I really like uh what's their guard number twenty-three? I have that getting bounced. Yeah, he's bounced a big time player. I just really like him. I don't know. I just see the Yale's got, Yale's not they got that. Purdue, if you guys, they remember, got that seven footer. Like, let's. A couple, I'm, I'm gonna ride seven with footer. That. He's couple like of seven episodes four. back. Yeah, no, he's, he's big. Like the, he's like the the new Yao Ming. Yeah, yeah. So that's that's my fourth. And um, we'll see. But real quick, I, couple of episodes back, I just so you guys know here, kind of how I got to this. Uh, in my bracket, I was down on Purdue a couple of weeks ago. I, I've been down on them. I've been up on Texas, even though they've lost some close games and it's kind of not quite played out yet. But I'm thinking Yale upsets Purdue, um, and then Texas makes it all the way to the Elite Eight. Uh, gets beat by Baylor, so I'll kick off my Final Four here. I've got Baylor making it to the Final Four. I've got Texas Tech beating Arkansas in the Elite Eight. I'm sorry, Seth. Hey, uh, it's still, still a good one. If we get run. to the Elite Eight, we ain't losing to Tech. I'll tell you that. Um, I've got Tennessee beating Arizona to get to the Final Four. And nice. then I've got nope. Iowa beating Iowa State <laughs> to oh get to the God. Final Four. Hey, yeah, and then awesome. I have Baylor and Tennessee facing off in the National Championship. Tennessee gets the dub. Huge defensive matchup between two teams, uh, but it's going to come down to the guard play. And uh, Kennedy Chandler and Zakai are going to hit some big, big late game shots. And uh, that's how that's how it'll play out. Hey, I got one. I got Arizona, Tennessee, and Tennessee beating Arizona. So I'm actually okay. there. Got that. Uh, I got Hogs in Texas Tech, but I got Hogs. I got Hogs. Okay, Tech. so yeah, we're pretty you know? close here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I got Baylor over Murray State. Wow. Wow. Yeah. I got Murray State rolling, bro. I mean, Sam Fran, I would like to see Sam Fran play someone else, but Murray State's kind of a wagon, so they're going to take him out. And then then it's the All-Kentucky Showdown, and that that is hype. I just – I'm picking the racers. John Morant, like, shout out. Like, built a program. And they're still like, such they a got good confidence. Program, Murray yeah. State is – like, they are good to me. Yeah, just to go what a little further on to that. Kentucky too. Yeah, come on. Yeah, so the two players to look out for on Murray State, KJ Williams, six ten forward, extremely good, uh, good score. I think he averages about eighteen and eight. And then they go with uh, another All OVC player in Tevin Brown, who's pretty good outside shooter. 
Who but, was that one big dude that they had? He was like John Morant's best friend on the team a couple of years ago that could like shoot the three real well. He was like a big stocky guy on Murray State. I'm trying to think uh, uh, of his name. Do you know who I'm talking about? I can't recall off the top of my head, but I don't think it was KJ because it, it was because um, this guy's kind of he's tall, but he's no beefcake because I know there was one particular guy that was he was um, he was a pretty beefy guy on that team. I can't remember his name, though. Um, I think I would recognize it, though. But what, what's interesting is that so that particular matchup is going to be in Indianapolis. So that's Ooh. if those two teams win, if, if both of those teams win, um, you, you know, both of those Kentucky schools are just going to flood all the way to Indy. And then it would be, that would be a phenomenal mm. second round matchup. So I'm I'm crossing my fingers that that matchup's going to take place. Um, I found the guy I was talking about, Darnell Cowart. That's it. Yep. That's 100% who it is. 6'8", 300 pounds, but was an absolute beast on that Murray State team. Um, <laughs> but he, uh, I think he might even bounce around in the G League a little bit or something like that. He never made it to the NBA, but uh, he was one of those guys that I loved watching on Murray State. And they continuously get talent like that. I mean, they, they, they've built themselves into a basketball program. Yeah, I mean, they're a mid-major powerhouse for sure. But outside of those two, Tevin Brown and K.J. Williams, it's a classic Murray State uh, team. They have um, really athletic guards, and they can all shoot the ball really well. So I think they match up pretty well with Kentuckians. Um, the, of course, that only issue is how you're going um, to mitigate Oscar on the inside. He's tough. She, he, is, he is tough. But, you know, maybe get him in foul trouble. Like, He's susceptible to it. Uh, yeah, they all are, man. And uh, real quick, sorry to interject again about Darnell Cowart, but I just checked what uh, G League team he's on. Memphis Hustle, baby. Uh, that makes a lot of, of sense. Yes, yeah, that's, that's jaw pulling strings right there, too. Yeah. That's your franchise player hooking your boy up. Yeah. Is he, is he currently in the, uh, the G League? Uh, so or I believe – oh, he most recently played for the Memphis Hustle. So, he, yeah, he uh, – I think he got cut, but definitely – Hey, he averaged eight, eight and six. Not bad. <laughs> putting it up, good. man. Yeah, that's an honest sure. day's work. Yeah, that's a professional. That's, that's, that's pretty seven. good, that's man. That's a pro. That is a pro, pro stat line. Sounds like my yeah. YMCA stat line. Eight and six. Give me eight and six. We'll have a good day. I mean, it's no, it's no Tyler Coggin, 57 oh, wait, point wait, outing. Wait, wait, wait. So he is that was some actually still on the witness. team. We are all He's witnesses. still on the team. <laughs> oh, yep. So he is uh, still on the team. Sorry about that. Darnell Cowart, shout out to you, Memphis Hustle. But shout out. I'll, I'll, I'll leave it at that. I'll, uh, Memphis I'll, Hustle, I'll don't they play that. there in Mississippi? Don't they play down the, in like uh, just south of town? You're actually in Mississippi. Are, are they in West Memphis? No, I think they're in like, uh, what's it? What is, what's it, right? Oh, south yeah, South Haven, Mississippi. Yep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's funny. Memphis That's Hustle. Funny. I'm excited yeah. for Memphis and sorry the uh, boss. What's a quick, uh, quick NBA kind of, you know, in the season playoff primer? Just you know, quick little. What's your thought? Like, uh, what are what are my thoughts on the NBA end the season? All right, just kind of yeah. Well, who's your team? Who who do you think's going to win the championship? We're we're late I, enough in the season. I think like, uh, I think we know what, what team I'm picking here. <laughs> we go with, we go with not yeah. it's Memphis, 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 Memphis. 
That's one of the greatest memes of all time. Oh, Memphis, 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 Memphis. Most beautiful land of the world. Uh, yeah, so I got Memphis, but I mean, Golden State, uh, if Draymond Green gets fully healthy and Steph kind of gets back into the swing of things, Chris Paul, if he gets healthy, healthy with the Suns, they're going to be dangerous. I think the Suns um, are going to win. I'm picking them. Brooklyn is uh, that trade seemed to have worked out pretty well for them. Um, and Kevin Durant is playing out of his mind right now. Had a what 57 the other night and a win. Um, so I think even though Brooklyn is a little bit down in the standings right now, they're one of those teams that are getting hot at the right time because the, the East is weird right now with like Philly and Miami and Chicago and Cleveland and all these teams that I feel like don't have the true star talent to, to make the deep runs. So there's a lot of questions left, but uh, yeah, that's my, uh, I've got the Grizzlies beating the nets in the, in the finals. Oh, that would be crazy. Uh, that'll Dude, that'll be my NBA two. prediction. Okay. I like that. I like that. Well, I guess, do we have anything else for March madness uh, that we want to cover while we got boss man on here? Lock of the weekend, just like a true lock like, of the yeah, lock of the weekend. Know, what's 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 your one game lock? You can't do like a one. Yeah, you know, I'm saying it's got to be like a, a an eight nine or a or a big upset. Yeah, it's yeah. got to be. It can't be like an obvious one. I'm picking Davidson. That's my lock over Michigan like State. Uh, the mortal, the mortal lock, man. Yeah. I will say that Davidson, I don't know if you guys know the backstory behind this, but Big Ten folks know this. So this guy, Foster Lawyer, um, yeah. he used to play for Michigan State. He was a player. He's about six, six feet tall, uh, this small point guard from Michigan. He was player, Michigan Player of the Year in high school, his senior year. Went to Michigan State for like three seasons, transferred to Davidson this year, and is now making his triumphant return back against Michigan State. And oh, it, it, oh there's a, a big storyline to it's that. It's a big deal because he's um, he suffered some uh, really unfortunate, embarrassing plays at Michigan State. So oh, um, it's kind of a big deal. But um, I like that lock. Hmm. Well, it's not a lock. He's just giving, yeah, us, just, a just giving us a backstory. Okay. It was All my right. lock. That's back it's my lock. That's, no, that's, that's Scott. That's his lock. I'm locked. Yeah, yeah. Okay, sorry, sorry. Misheard there. All right, boss man. Well, give us your lock now. The mortal lock. I think um, God, I'm like scrolling through here, but um, God, I don't want to give the mortal lock of Murray State over San Francisco. I'm nah, dude, say, I pick San Fran. Ah, dude, you can't go against Murray State. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> Actually, I, kinda, I just gave I you the, like the lowdown. Actually, I gave you the lowdown. Actually, that would be a good one. The lowdown between Kevin oh. Brown and KJ Williams. Yeah, that's true. Um, all right, I'll, I'll double down here. I think Murray State over San Francisco, that's a best bet. Mortal Rock will be the winner of Providence, South Dakota State, is going to beat Iowa. That, okay, I like that. that is my I like that. No I like, you got no a two, you got two options. And if Iowa I want to double down even four, further, baby. South Dakota State is going to beat Providence and Iowa in back-to-back games. <laughs> you right. watch it, baby. That's on my brand. I hadn't even talked to you. I'm it's on my bracket. It's a lock now. Let's go, lock. baby. I got, my I got the Jackrabbits. The Jackrabbits Jack winning the first game. Let's go. Let's go. Love it. So, boss All right, man, well, you got your lock. Uh, Will, you got a lock? Uh, 
let's see. I mean, I'll go with South Dakota State as well. I'll just piggyback off that. I picked them as well to win. All right. So I'll go with that. Well, I've got uh, I've got a lock here that is hits a little bit close home to, to Nashville. The red hot UT Chattanooga Mocs. Let's go, baby. <laughs> they are going to upset Illinois. Illinois is overrated. The mocks are about as hot as can be. They hit, I mean, Jean Baptiste hit probably. I mean, I'll never that's forget that shot. One of my shot. favorite shots I've yeah, ever I'll watched. Never yeah, that was great. That was awesome. We, and we, we were watching that live, with, uh, and we actually well, – While we were recording, yeah. Yeah, and it uh, we shut it off because there was some timeouts, and we we got right back on and ended up all seeing the 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 shot, the the shot heard around the world live. So I'm riding I, with the mocks. They punched their go. ticket. They're dancing. Um, I don't have them making it too far. I think Houston will take care of business after that. But see, I got I got UAB beating Houston, so I got a chat UAB game. What a crazy funny game! Like Chattanooga versus Birmingham. <laughs> Let's go! It's a battle for the interior mid south. Dude, I don't know how Chat's gonna. Hey, boss, do you know is is Kofi still playing? For like nothing's wrong with him, right? Or is he? Yeah, playing? Kofi's good to yeah, go, man. That's yeah, awesome. dude. Chattanooga's gonna have a squad, man. Chattanooga's going to have a tough time guarding Kofi. That's a that's going to be the handful. I will say UAB. That's a good pick, man. I I got I got the uh, what are they the Blazers? Yeah. They, uh, they they got a pretty good point guard on their squad. Jordan Walker. He put up uh yeah he he had forty oh, in 40. their game yeah. against Middle Tennessee yeah. or MTSU. MTSU's won won their won the conference. Season. Yeah, they had a they had a great season. Yeah, but, yeah MTSU's a good basketball program. They had. Uh, they didn't they have like a sweet 16 run a couple years back or at least yeah. some big oh, upset. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. buddy. They beat they beat, State. Yeah, they beat Michigan State in that 15-2. Um I might have to rewatch those highlights. That was a great yeah. win. No, that was a fun MTSU team. Um Yeah, they were good giddy pots, baby. I didn't I don't know how I missed this and maybe we even talked about it on the podcast while I was looking at my bracket or something, but I didn't see Tennessee was ranked by the AP Number five in the country now. Wow. And we're yeah. a three seed. Hey. I mean, we already got into all that, but I had to, to get that out there. I somehow missed that today. Uh, Tennessee number five and three seed. Interesting. Interesting. But craziness. Um, but, yeah, I guess, uh, boss man, I think uh, we've covered about Everything NCAA wise, uh, we appreciate the NCAA bracket guru hopping on with us. Um, it's always a pleasure. We had touch, uh, let's touch base after weekend one, you know. Yeah, uh, we'll, touch, we'll, get a little... we'll touch base and yeah. maybe uh, we'll have to get the uh, twins. So, some of you pay dirt listeners, uh, dedicated pay dirt listeners, have probably heard from. Uh, boss man's brother, Toe Batista. So we've, uh, what a monologist, got... man. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, it, it was great to have the, uh, the other Batista brother on here today. And, uh, we got a lot of exciting, uh, March stuff to talk about. So. Yeah. Boss, yeah. Thanks again for coming on. We appreciate, appreciate everything. Any, any final thoughts or anything you want to get off before uh, we let you go? Yeah. Um, can't thank you guys enough for having me. It was my my podcast debut, so hopefully I did all right, and you guys want to have me back at some point. But yeah, really excited for this weekend, and this is the best time of the year. And um, yeah, man, it's I'm so excited. It's it's going to be one of those years where I mean everything's just going to go to the uh, to the gutter, man. Like that first weekend, we we know how this is going to play out, man. Brackets yep. are going to be busted. 
Um, it's going gonna, it's gonna to be a lot of fun, man. Looking forward to it. And I'll be cheering for Tennessee outside of that Michigan game. But, um, yeah, I'll, I'll, um, really looking forward to, uh, to see how Tennessee does. And, um, yeah, it's, it's going to be a lot of fun, guys. Thanks again. Yeah, thanks, boss. Thanks, boss. We'll catch you later. <laughs> Gotta love boss. Sorry, man. I just left. Yeah. Gotta love boss, man. We got to get some football talk in here. A um, yeah, couple of things right, real quick. Brady, obviously unretiring, um, will be playing another year. Uh, very interesting to see how that plays out. Devontae Adams announced he will not play on a franchise tag. Um, so that is going to be really interesting for Green Bay to work out that money when they're having to pay Aaron Rodgers. Um, it, it, it could end up leading to uh, Devontae Adams not playing and then them keeping Rodgers and having to use that $19 million elsewhere. So, uh, like, I don't know exactly how that'll play out, but craziness there. The Jags, they've made some of the worst signings in NFL history. Uh, <laughs> I'm not even going to go through the list. Uh, but yeah, that's kind of the update there. Amari Cooper got traded to the Browns, obviously big one. Um, Jarvis Landry. Yeah. Jarvis Landry is going to, he got uh, cut because uh, he had or asked to be traded, but they couldn't figure out um, anything. So they cut him. Titans signed Jeff Swaim to a one-year deal. I like that. We signed two-year deal with Ben Jones. Um, I don't have the numbers on that. Depending on the numbers, I haven't seen them. I don't know if I'll like or love that. Um, and then we also signed O-Lyman, Jamarco Jones, just kind of a, a, a backup guy, like a Kendall Lamb replacement. Uh, Saffold ended up signing with the Bills. So that'll be uh, interesting to see how he plays out there. It kind of seemed like he was going to retire, but um, it, it, we, we needed to get $10 million off the books. So sucks. I didn't, I didn't even know that Saffold's yeah. gone. Yeah, Sappho got cut a couple of days ago. So he's gone. And then the biggest thing, Deshaun Watson, Houston has declined Indianapolis's attempt to speak with Deshaun Watson. They will not trade him anywhere in the AFC South. So any yeah. Titans rumors to uh, – or Deshaun Watson, Titans rumors, automatically locked down, unfortunately. Nah, yeah. No, they're not. They're not trading him in the AFC South. I'd imagine they'd try and even get him in the the, the NFC. But Jags, uh, hey, who all the Jags got today? For real, I'm just reading one now. Zay Jones, yeah, Zay Jones, thirty mil, thirty mil. Evan, Evan Ingram for ten mil. Like he he's terrible. Like uh, it's just I don't know what they're I don't doing. Know what's going on? Yeah, they have no plan, dude. They have had no plan. Yeah, I'm really I'm trying to scroll through Twitter to see if there's anything else major that I missed. Okay, so Ben Jones back to the Titans, two year deal worth 14 million. I'm fine with that, seven mil a year. Uh, I, I was thinking it was going to be closer to 11 or 12, but okay, I'm cool with that. That's what I'm saying. The Titans usually resign people that they can get like good value out of, you know. Yeah, but uh, I mean, I think I mean, do we now go draft a guard in the first round? Uh, we've got Raidens to kind of cover uh, tackle I they, side. I bet they draft a guard that third yeah. round pick. Honestly, I bet, I bet we're dra- I, I honestly bet we're drafting receiver round one. We'll see. Well, what's interesting is uh, Landry has been like that. Could, we could be a potential landing spot for yeah, Landry. But I, I think if we go, that for would Landry, change. That would change drafting status for sure. But and as we of, would have without to, that. 
we probably have to move Julio. We'd have to cut Julio if we were going to do that. And which I don't, I don't know if we would necessarily. At least that's what like Mike Herndon and a uh, a lot of those guys online were saying that they'd probably have to move on from Julio. I think the deal can be done, but to fill out the rest of the roster, it'd be it'd be really tough. Would you rather have Jarvis Landry or Julio? Uh, depends on how cheap we could get Jarvis. Yeah, I don't even know. Like, because if we could get Jarvis for like three or four million, or, or like on a veteran minimum one year deal, if we somehow pull off something crazy, he wants to go win a ring. I say cut Julio, save the nine million, um, and it, it, use Jarvis Landry. We draft a receiver in the first round, maybe instead now of a guard, um, and then maybe kind of go for a Nate Davis type in the third round. Uh, guard. So, I mean, there's so many freaking different options and we're talking March right now, but uh, yeah, that was a quick NFL 10 minute uh, rundown. Yeah. See, I don't even know what I would want to do. I think I would want Julio still. Like, like it's just, well, Julio doesn't play enough games, honestly. Like, yeah. Yeah. And and I I don't mind that about him. Like we knew that's what we get with him. Like he's going to sit out games for, for his hamstring. Like that's where his body's at. Like physically right now. Um, but like last year, he was healthy for the playoffs, which is really what you wanted him for. Yep. And then, you know, we just didn't win. We didn't take advantage, but like no. he did. He actually served exactly the purpose we needed. Like, yeah, he filled, he filled in a few games when AJ wasn't 100% or wasn't like, he did yeah, kind of step but up. He, he filled the role, but did he fill the role of a $14 million wide receiver? No. I don't know. No, no, no way. I think you get just as much, if not more, production out of a first-round draft pick next year. Yeah, I mean, Mechie or Williams. The, the, the wide mean, receiver draft is so deep. It's, it's so yeah, deep. So, so deep. even at twenty at twenty six, you're getting an A one. Like you are getting a really good. Receiver. Dude, they have Chris Olave going as the last pick in the first round. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. Like so, you get someone. Like if you can get a guy like that at twenty six, you do that. You snap that. You 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 jump on someone. Like because there's gonna be someone that falls. Like. There's going to be a guy that, like, I could see a guy like Traylon Burst, like an Arkansas. You know, his times at the combine weren't perfect and stuff. Uh, so maybe he falls behind some of those other guys because it's so deep. You know, you can easily kind of justify guys over. And he drops to 26. Like, if you could take a guy like that, 26, like, do it. Like, put a stud receiver beside AJ and let's go. Let's really have, have a good offense. But I just think you get more value. You, you get the higher opportunity to draft a truly elite wide receiver talent at 26, and you're going to be filling a very similar level guard in, this, in the third round as you are, like, it, at late in the first round, in my opinion, just because I feel like the, yeah, maybe. the yeah. depth is a little more just even across the board. Like, you're not picking, you're not picking a franchise left tackle at number two. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, I almost get that. If you're saying, no, I'm picking this the obvious best left tackle in the game. Like, he's going to solidify my line. You're just hope you're just picking a pretty good guard there at 26 or, you know, an offensive lineman. Yeah. Yeah. I think, I think the value of getting a truly elite wide receiver in that spot is just higher. To me. But we'll see. They, they know yeah. more than me. I, you know, <laughs> they're, they're a very good front office. Um, but their drafts have kind of gone downhill most, like, Last year's will seem to be a little better, but they had a they had a great draft in that 2019 when they got AJ and all them uh, in, in that class. But then, you know, they had some pretty big misses. And Amy Adams, Strunk, and J. Rob, we trust. 
Um, always, it always comes back to that. You know, at some point we got to shout them out. Yeah. But I guess to, to close us out here, I got one closing statement. Uh, something interesting I saw on Twitter, getting back to basketball. Uh, Dave Portnoy put out his first bracket. He's got Murray State in the final four. Just had to put that out there. <laughs> we'll see. I, I mean, I won't be upset. Like, I'll, yeah. I'll no, cheer that for would Murray be State. awesome. That yeah. would be awesome. But Murray yeah, State races. You remember that video? Yeah. Murray yeah. State races. I need to watch that. It's funny. Yeah. But I guess that's about it, guys. Will, you want to close us out? Yeah. Well, guys, thanks again for listening. Uh, don't forget, check us out on all the social media Twitter at Pater underscore sports, Instagram at Pater sports. Check out the website, PaterSports.blog. Got a bunch of articles up. Just put up a article about March Madness that Seth put up recently. Uh, be sure to check out Six Pack Coverage. Check out the website, SixPackCoverage.com. They got everything. Food, travel, sports, fitness, health, whatever you can think of, they've got it. Guys, thanks again for listening, and we will see you all next week. Hey, Dirt, out.